Thank you. Why don't we give this band, this tremendous, gifted group of musicians, a round of applause. Fantastic. Great job. Thanks for leading us up the mountain. Great. Um, I don't know whether anyone else um, is aware that uh, God is speaking this morning. Uh, wait, wave at me if uh, God's, God's up to something in your life. That's three of us. Oh, no, more. Slightly more. Good. Great. Um, let me read this to you. This is my reading for today. Um, can I have my first slide up, please? Thank you. This is the reading, uh, my reading, that I want to bring you to you today. A voice of one calling. Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley should be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Father, we stand on holy ground where you are speaking today. Father, we don't bring anything of ourselves into this space that we would speak, but we ask for you to speak and that our ears will be open to hear you speak at the very depths of who we are. Father, speak to us individually and speak to us corporately that we might hear your voice calling to us. Amen. Um, as it, oh, hello. Who's doing that? The back one. Can I have the clanger? Oh, am I allowed it? No, I'll break it. Um, now that's the, can I go back to the first slide? That's it. That's it. Prepare. Um, I wanted you to be prepared, um, family. Um, I'm part of your family. You can tell by the amount of abuse I get from Joe. You're the guest speaker, you demand a little bit of respect, right? Not here, because you're amongst family, and that's great. So I feel happy and safe here, amongst, well, fairly safe here, amongst you guys. And it's a privilege to be here all the way from Walsall to come to the Badlands of Darleston, where you're currently residing. Uh, as you know, we, we, we gather in uh, the Goldmine Centre, and I would normally be there. Uh, but it's a privilege to be amongst you, especially when God calls me and he lands me in the same place to say, prepare a way to you guys here. Be prepared. You've just moved. The next part of your journey has begun. Sometimes we have to get out of one place to get into another place. But the challenge is, how are you preparing the way? How are you preparing the way, individually and corporately? How are you doing that? And I ask that because it's really, really important. Because let me tell you what I know about journeys. The going gets tough. And what happens when the going gets tough? The tough get going. Okay? So you've got to be tough. You've got to be tough. And when you are going to make a way straight for the Lord and every valley should be raised up and every um, uh, path made straight, that takes a lot of effort. And you've got to know that you're going in the right direction. It's, it's difficult to remember it when we get knocked off course. So we have to really understand our purpose and know what we're about. Can I have the second slide, please? 
So the purpose and the nature and the purpose of your calling. Do you know what your calling is? Do you know what your calling is? You see, Jesus came to Warsaw to seek and save the lost. And our challenge is to live our lives fully found. As followers of Jesus, our challenge is to live our lives fully found. Our challenge is to really understand our place as his church and his family. And your role as Junction 10 and the part you play in the family of the church in the black country. There's a challenge to make sure that we are being all that Jesus has called us to be. And this is what concentrates our mind and our energy. Can I have the next slide, please? Thank you. So, J10, 10. Anyone know what John 10, 10 says? I have come that you might live life and life to the full. And what's the beginning part of that verse? Do you know what it is? The thief comes to rob, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might live life and life to the full. So we've got to know our purpose. Our Christian experience is often a mixture of things we absolutely celebrate and things that we find absolutely grindingly difficult to get through. Am I talking to the right people here? So we've got to understand our purpose, that we live in this paradoxical place of suffering and joy at the same time. In the one hand, we're working through trials and digging the roads and making the valleys high and the roads plain. And in the other hand, we know that Jesus is here with us. We're full of the Holy Spirit, inspired and equipped to be salt and light and to fill the earth with his glory. I want to be on this side. (laughs) You know what I mean? But actually our calling is to model something of living life authentically and in a connected way that we would demonstrate the power and authority of Jesus as we live out our everyday lives with a sense of understanding, with a sense of purpose, and with a sense of calling right here, right now in Darleston. Because if you don't, who will? If you're not the right people to live it out in Darleston, who is? This is the sense of your calling. This is the purpose for your calling. Embracing the challenge and the blessing because life is difficult. So we've really got to understand what we're about. Because Jesus has called us by name. I love the fact that in the early parts of the Gospels, Jesus goes up to people and he says, Nathaniel, come here, mate. You're a man without guile. And Nathaniel says, you've no idea who I am. And Jesus says, Listen, mate, I knew you when you were sitting under that tree. And then Nathaniel says, whoa, I'm coming. I'm going to follow you. Because he'd spoken his name right into his very being. Has Jesus spoken your name and called you right in the very core of who you are? John T. Ian Grizzle. Mary. Of course, he calls us, Gemma. 
He calls you by name, Mons. He calls you by name for a plan and a purpose. He spoke to, to Mary just as, as he'd come out of the tomb when he was masquerading as the gardener. I love that. The God of the Garden of Eden appears in the garden next to the tomb. Mary, and she immediately recognizes him. We're all called individually because God does that when he invites us into his family so that we know our place. Joe. Do you remember when you were first called and invited into his family? Do you remember the first time you became a Christian and gave your life to Jesus? Do you remember it? Do you remember the second time? When he had to knock on the door again and say, remember the first time? I'm back. Yeah, so it goes on. He's constantly calling us, isn't he? We constantly are in this um, wonderful, virtuous circle of giving more and more of our lives to him as he knocks on our door again and again and again. His grace, his favor that turns our lives upside down. But that calling's corporate too, church. It's called Junction 10. Are you the church on the corner? Sorry, I got that wrong. You're Junction 10. Make no mistake, you have a specific calling. So what are we called for? He gave us a mandate to fill the earth with his glory. So think about what you do for a second now. Where are you most fulfilled in the calling that God has given you? Where are you most fulfilled? You see, God invites us to get this absolutely right as Jesus did. And he only did what the Father told him to say, and he only did what the Father told him to do. Jesus stayed on his plumb line. You yourselves know what's been happening through Judea, beginning in Galilee with the baptism that John proclaimed, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of all that he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. Jesus went about doing good because when it got tough for Jesus, his response was to talk to his father and stay on his plumb line. And we often read that he got up early to make sure he was still on it. He made sure that he was on his own plumb line. You've got to make sure that you know that you haven't veered off the calling that Jesus has given to you, each one of you. You've got to make sure that you're on the plumb line that God has given to Junction 10, the specific plumb line. My plumb line is like this. Because I wear so many hats, I, I, I... um, up until um, February of this year, I led Walsall Community Church, but I also had a business. I also worked at street teams. I also worked um, uh, for Home for Good and uh, for Love Walsall. And I worked with Kevin and all these other things that you end up doing. So I had to work out really what I was about because people didn't know which hat I was wearing. So I got one hat and I threw all the others away and I put the hat on which says, 
I'm going to love and serve people and point them towards Jesus. So whether I was at work or in the church or the street teams or at Money Advice or at the Big Feed or at Food Bank, it didn't matter. If I'm with the council, if I'm with Kevin Davis even, all I'm going to be doing is loving and serving Jesus, uh, loving and serving him and pointing him towards Jesus. And my hat somebody had to. But you're doing all right, Kev. (laughs) Because we've got to really know what our purpose is. Because this is what happens quite soon. We hit a storm. And when the storm comes, it gets a bit nasty. My daughter got married um, next week last year, if you understand that. She got married in the Lake District, where the biggest ever recorded rainfall happened, one mile away. So her wedding, she didn't have a band, she didn't have a photographer, and she didn't have any food. Now that's pretty hardcore, isn't it? Plus a load of guests couldn't make it. So when the storm hits, you've really got to know what you're going to be about. And I saw her face turn towards me. And she said to me, Dad, we're going to have such a good time. And I thought, wow, I want, to, I want what you've got. Fant- she knew what she was about. She was going to have a fantastic day getting married. And I'll tell you what, it's the best wedding I've ever been to. Because I think we just get Dunkirk spirit about us, don't we? We sent a four by four. We rang the local fish and chip shop up. Can we place an order, please? Yes. 130 fish and chips, please. <laughs> then we found out that there was a... The photographer was about three miles away, the other side of a lake. It was in the Lake District, right? The other side of a lake. So we thought, oh, we'll just send a canoe for him. And then we had uh, the, the, the band that played at the church service. They said, oh, we can, uh, we'll knock a set together for tonight. And, mate, they knocked it out of the park. It was the best party we've ever had. It was fantastic. We've got to really know what we're about when the storm comes. Who knows what it's like to have a storm in their life? Great. So you know what I'm talking about. It's hardcore, isn't it? For me, that looks like my father-in-law dying, which was really sad. My sister dying of a brain tumor at 50. My cycling mates deciding that they were all going to find different wives. I also worked with those people, and I also had their wives coming into my office. So you can imagine how difficult that became for me for a period. I had to know what I was about when the storm came. I had to try and find Jesus. And Cable, no, there were dark, dark times, dark storm clouds, and it rained, and it was cold, and the wind blew. But you know what? Jesus called my name, and that was louder than any storm. That was louder than anything that the weather could uh, throw at me. The name that Jesus calls me by landed in my spirit. And no one can knock me off that. Because when the road is rough and steep, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus. So I stand here before you, a changed man, but a miracle nevertheless. Because I've stuck to my plumb line through the storm. And I'm calling to you, Junction 10. I'm watching you. It's been a storm. You've lost some things on the way. The father of your fellowship got called out to, to Womborn. Then you had the challenges that you've had with JB. 
Then you have the challenges you've had with your location. There's been a storm around you. That day when evening came, he says to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. That sounds easy. Leave the crowd behind. They took him along, just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. And a furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? God has a way of bringing us into a new space where we put down the things that we shouldn't be carrying and we focus on him. I had to put some things down, which is never easy. Kind of another slide. I had to listen to what the noise was. What are these things that are really, really going around my head? And where is the still small voice of God in that storm? Where is it for you, Junction 10? The voice the still, quiet voice in the storm. Now, I, have got a good, I have got a high capacity, but I had to put a lot of things down. So I closed my business down to one day a week. I stopped cycling with those guys who are causing so much pain and said, if you're going to make those choices, I can't cycle with you anymore. Now, for me, that's counterintuitive because normally I deliberately cycle with those people. But for this season, God said, you ought to shut it down. So I ended up cycling on my own, Billy No Mates. And then I found I couldn't cycle at all because all the joy had gone out of it. I lost that expression of who I was. But I had to not loot, lose sight of who he was. The invitation to you is the same. Be the son and daughter of God. But what's making life complicated? What's creating all the noise in your mind that's whirring it around. You've got to say, God, do I have to put that down? Do we as a fellowship have to put that down so we can concentrate on what our calling is? Do we have to focus on the things that you've put before us so we can really concentrate on the job that you've given us? And it's not easy when there's a lot of things going on that you really can't understand. So I need 10 people to help me really quickly up the front here. I just need 10 people. 10 people who can stand up and hold this very heavy stick. That's great. I want five facing this way, five facing that way. That's it. That's it. Now this is probably an exercise you can't join in very easily, Mons, but you can cheer them on with me. You can stand right here. Okay, I need a, another couple of people, because you've got to have a lot of people. You stay right where you are though, Mons, that's great. Okay, everyone got the stick? Now what I want you to do, Okay. So all I want to do 
complicated that, that means it. Yeah. Um, I've got my own script, I'm just saying how it's going. Just stand on the script. Who's going on the script? Don't stand on the script. Yeah. Okay. We just gently hold the script and that just gently put it on the floor. And then Mom's you're in charge now. Just gently put it on the floor. Becky, you don't really look as though your fingers are on the stick there. I've got Ian Grizzle. <laughs> What's happening here? Put your fingers on the stick, man. That's it. Look, look, look. It's ever so simple. Right, just put it on the ground. Look, look, look. Watch that. Okay, watch the three down. Now, who's not got the finger on the stick? You've got your finger on top of the stick. <laughs> Seriously. Look, watch, watch. That's part of your team there, Joe. Cheating. Right, just gently watch that. Look at that. Look at that. That's not difficult, is it? Look, that's it. Down, down, down. Put your that's it. Put your fingers on it. That's it. Put that's it. Down. Look. Which, which way's down, people? That way or that way? No, or that way. That's it. No, that. Look at this. Look, look. Look at this. Right. Look, watch this. Ladies and gentlemen, look. look watch this. Hey, look at that. Right, all put your fingers out. All put your fingers out. I'm, I'm really sorry. Uh, none of this lot are in leadership, are they? No, great. All put your fingers out together. That's it. That's it. Start halfway down to make it easier for you. Right, that's it. That's it. Gently. That's it. That's it. Oh, lovely. Right. Okay, I'm going to let go of the stick. That way's down, right? Yeah. Right, go. Off you go. Sit down! Sit down! Get out of my space! Thanks, Mons. I'm really sorry about them. Never work with children or animals, right? Oh, my hat. You see, when the noise around you is too much, you just can't concentrate on the job in hand. It's really hard. So we've really got to focus on what God's calling us to. What's he calling you to? Do you know? Get your vision absolutely like on the plumb line. Jesus got up and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. You face lots of storms. The wind has died down and Jesus says, why are you so afraid? Did you still have no faith? And they were terrified. Having walked with Jesus, seen him do plenty of miracles, they were terrified and said, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Well, let me into a little secret. I'm going to let you into a little secret. That guy there is my mate. That God of all creation, that Jesus, is my mate. He called me by name and he lives with me. Now, I don't invite trouble, but I just know as I stand here that I'm equipped to deal with it when it comes. And so are you. So are you, Junction 10. And there's a calling out to you, for you as the church, that we know and love and recognize 
that we see and we accept and we believe in to stand up, gather round, and start to build again. You see, the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You're being called to take your place in the church community again in Walsall. It's not that you disappeared, it's just that you've been nomadic. You've been reconfigured. You are being reconfigured, and it's a beautiful thing. God's power and authority and hand is on your life. And we, the church, as part of you, part of your body, part of your family, are watching you. But now it's time to take your place. Now it's time to rebuild the walls. Now it's time to make the path straight. Now it's time to dig the foundations. Take your place. I want to read to you out of um, John 20. This is, um, this is when Jesus has, been, has died. So he's been crucified. He's been buried. Now we've been um, traveling through John a lot today. But this is, um, feel free not to go to it. Feel free to turn to it. But it, this is what happens. Jesus has, has died the answer, the hope, the man of God has been killed. Our leader has died. Our savior has died. He was going to save us from the Romans. He was going to save us from the oppression of the Jews. He was going to take us to a new place. He's gone. He's disappeared. And we are downcast. And this is what Jesus does. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Jesus has walked into your midst behind the locked doors and said, Peace be with you. There are no doors or walls that Jesus can't walk through and speak peace into your lives. And speak peace into the life of this church. Everything that we imagined before Jesus' death has gone. Everything that you thought it was has gone. But he speaks into a new place and this is what happens. He says, Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you as the well, peace be with you. So this, they recognize Jesus in this space. It's a completely new space. It's not what they thought it was going to be. It wasn't what they had in their minds five years ago, ten years ago, five days ago even. But suddenly Jesus comes along and he says, my peace is with you. I am with you, right? And then he says this, the Father has sent me. Well, we get that, Jesus. I understand that. The Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said that, he then breathed out his Holy Spirit upon them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. 
Junction 10, you are receiving the Holy Spirit as you take your place. Can you run that video for me, please, sir? I'm not here to promote Carlsberg. I am here to promote living in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you taking your place. You've got a purpose. You've got a calling. Now we need you to take your place. It isn't what it seems, ladies and gentlemen. It is not what it seems. God is doing immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Be brave and courageous. In Haggai it says, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, declares the Lord. Be strong, you priests. Be strong, all you people of the land. And work, for I am with you. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Junction 10. And my spirit remains with you. Do not fear. I may have changed the odd word there. And this is what the Lord Almighty says. In a little while... I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations, and what's desired by all nations will come. And I will fill this house with my glory. The silver is mine, the gold is mine. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. And in this place, I will grant my peace. So now we know we're on the right lines, don't we? You are a very generous people here at Junction 10. And in the next book, Zechariah calls the people to overflow into their community, not to shrink back, but to show kindness and mercy and love to one another, the poor, the widow, the foreigner. 
and there will be a sowing of peace, and the vine shall give its fruit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just making sure he's awake. <laughs> the ground will give its produce, the heavens will give its dew, and there shall be a season of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Oh, yes. Therefore, truth and love and peace to you. And we're saying, let's go with you, because we've heard that the Lord is with you. This is an exciting time. Now, in the midst of my storm, my wife said to me, I think we should put our house on the market. Just what you need, really, isn't it, when things are crazy? So I said, uh, yeah, about that. But I thought, well, actually, it's it's okay. It can take two years to sell your house. So loads of times. I said, Penn, yeah, whatever. If you say that's what God's doing. She said, oh, yeah, God's got a buyer already. Ooh. So we put the house on the market on a Tuesday and took it off on the Monday after one viewing where the person gave us what we wanted for the house. And then she woke up two or three days later. This is in September. And she said, by the way, God's told me 5th to the 9th of December. So yesterday I found out we move out on the 6th of December. I've asked her what the lottery ticket numbers are, and she's still not given them to me. <laughs> what kind of woman am I married to? It's just not right, is it? It's not right. There's something going on where in the midst of the storm and the challenges of life, God is speaking. But in a place where you would imagine that I want stability, Joe, can I borrow you for a second? The place where I would, you would imagine that I want stability, God is saying, I need you flexible. And he's doing something very, very counterintuitive in my life, and I don't really understand it. I'm going to push you over, Joe. Do you want to stop me doing that? Yeah, yeah great. <laughs> I might need a bit of help here. <laughs> this has not gone well, is it? Okay, okay. It's not gone well. Just, just lift a leg off the floor for me. That's great. <laughs> Do it again. Just lift li- one leg off the floor. That's it. <laughs> he's funny, isn't it? One leg off the floor. That's a good lad. Look at that. Thank you very much. You see, for us to really be able to be flexible to what God is saying, sometimes we've got, to be f- we've got to create ourselves a flexible space. Now, I don't know what it looks like. Would you mind praying for me as I pray for you? I don't know what my life looks like. Uh, I know this sounds really odd, okay? And you're going to have to maybe suspend what your insides are saying to you right now. But I really, really love this man. <laughs> I know it's difficult. But, but I do. I've really come to love him over the years. He's won my heart over. As I walk with him more, I've become to love him more. And if you know Kevin well, any expression of affection, well, I've never seen one. <laughs> I hardly see him smile. It's a shock. Unless it's at your expense, in which case he loves like a drone. <laughs> I've come to love him. So I, I just don't know what's going on. I have no idea what's going on. But I know that I've got to trust God. And I know that God has called me by name. And I know I'm full of his Holy Spirit because he promised me that. And I know that he sent me. He sent me to Warsaw from London. Who thought that was a good idea? What's wrong with Warsaw? Okay. So this is an exciting time for us both. Oh dear, I'm a couple of slides behind. This one, next slide. 
You have to accept what's going on. You have to accept it. Listen to what's going on in the stillness. Next slide. Because what he does, when, when we accept who he is, what he does is he gives us freedom from the past, meaning for the present, and a hope for a future. Who'd like to say, I want some of that, please? Absolutely right. This is what God does for us when we faithfully follow in his footsteps. He was accepted as he was. He was known. Jesus loves me, and Jesus loves you, and Jesus even loves Kev. Jesus loved the disciples. He called them brothers. He calls us the same. We are his family. We are his sons and daughters. And now I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But they just got to be the right things. So what's he asking you to do? Who has he called you to be? And what is your purpose? Because in that space, the peace comes. When he moves into our neighborhood, in all our circumstances, there are no walls that he can't walk through to bring his peace. So at 53, I know far less than I used to. But I know a bit more about the man who Jesus accepted and loved and called by name. Who Jesus loves for his purposes. And the future is less certain, but it's more sure. I know God better. And he's a complete mystery. And for Junction 10, the future is bright. And it's becoming clearer. So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because on the evening of the first day, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Have a renewed sense of purpose that you will rehear him speaking peace into every situation, church. That your hearts will be filled with his hope. And as his revelation of the future meets with your own expectation from your past, may you realize, Junction 10, that you are seen, known, accepted and loved here as you take responsibility for this part of God's created earth, in Darleston, in Allenwell, in Walsall. And be kind and love one another, okay? So go back to my first question. How are you preparing the way here at Junction 10? By, hmm? By taking your place at the heart of this community. Different to before, but in line with his calling for you, for who you are, that he needs you to be as you live life to the full. Take your place. I pray that your path will be straight, that the uneven ground will be level, and that God's glory will be revealed through you and us as we pursue him together, because his word will last forever. Amen.